five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Okay, I don't know. I'm getting attention warnings here uh, for for YouTube stuff. I don't know. Hopefully it's working. Let me know if it's working. Peggy says it's working. Okay, so let's head over to Tom Fishburn for creative brief types. Okay, these are types of creative briefs, he says. First is War and Peace. Here's everything ever written about our brand. And you're supposed to wade through it. Okay, the one-liner. All your text said was, drive snails. Oh, sales. <laughs> Buzzword salad. We want an agile, disruptive, authentic banner ad. <laughs> this creative should manifest world togetherness. That's called yoga babble. Reuse last year's brief. The campaign that tanked? <laughs> yeah. We're mostly aligned on br the brief, not really. The peace treaty brief. Okay, so uh, a, a report came out last Friday, and I will include it in the show notes if you're a, if you're a uh, subscribed member of the WDMA. And I'll show you some of that. That is hilarious. Okay, let's go over that right now. Okay, here it is. The problem. Marketers and agencies are on different planets. Okay. And, 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 and I love the graphs. Here comes the graphs. Okay, so everybody agrees that briefs are important. Uh, everybody agrees they're even more important now. Uh, and they also all agree that marketing briefs are very neglected and that um, brief writing isn't easy and that uh, it doesn't get any easier the more experience you have and uh, that, that it's consistent across three markets that it's hard. But here's where the wheels come off. It's really funny. Most marketers think they're good at writing briefs and uh, most agencies disagree. So 80% of the marketers think they're good at it. 10% of the agencies think anybody's good at it. In the USA, this gap has widened since the last time the question was asked. <laughs> now, 90% of marketers think they're good at it, and only 6% of agencies think they're good at it. Okay, and I don't know what, I don't understand all these. Most marketers think the briefs they write are clear strategic direction, and most agencies disagree. Okay, what's the most in missing ingredient? Clear objectives and outcomes. And I see, I would disagree with that one, but I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, clarity in the briefs. 83% of the marketers think they're clear. 7% of the agencies think they're clear. And part of the problem, Ritson points out, part of the problem is that marketers are not creative. He said he spent, he spent years going to classes where they tried to teach marketers to be creative. He said they might as well teach dogs to surf. You can do it, but what's the point? 90% of marketers never develop a marketing strategy. A strategy is supposed to talk about three things. Not only do most marketers have nothing, they have no idea that anything's missing. Okay, and they listen to the experts on social media, and these things are in decline. They fill their briefs with SWOT analysis, which Ritson says is the most inane, pointless invention since management history. Uh, and Maslow's hierarchy, a concept so nonsensical, even Maslow did not believe in it. 
He says, morons will always perceive themselves to be superior because they are morons. <laughs> there are three key questions. And one is, do you agree on who you want to target? Okay. And then the second is, what is your positioning? What do you want to say to the people once you get to them? And the third is, what are the objectives that you want to make happen? Now, I've been thinking about this a lot. I was in an agency. I was hired to get the agency on database marketing. And at the end, after a couple of years, it was explained to me that they really didn't want data. They didn't want to know the real answer. They didn't want to test because they wanted to win awards. And awards came from them basically guessing what the judges were looking for. And the client wanted to win awards too. Cared more about that than almost anything. The actual people, the ad manager from the client. Not the president, not the CEO. We did five out of we won five out of five pitches while I was there, and in every case, the CEO or the CFO said, "That's what we want to know. We want to we want a return on investment. We want advertising to to make money." My my boss at the ad agency said, "The dream of of advertising and marketing is you have a box and you put in a dollar and out comes a dollar ten. How many, how many dollars would you put in that box? And the answer is as many as you can get, right? And this is why marketing budgets get cut, because they don't see the simplicity of it, that you need to have some concept of, of what, is, what is cause and effect. And this is also why digital is so popular, because when you do, when you do a thousand when you do a thousand messages for fifty cents, according this that's tomorrow's article on on direct mail uh, from Adweek, and they said when you do when you do mail you get one message per fifty for fifty cents. When you do digital you get a thousand messages for fifty cents. So digital is a thousand times more less expensive, which means we don't care what we say, we don't care who sees it, but we, but we know somebody will see it. Right. And of course, that's why it's so engaging. That's why you don't remember the digital ads you saw this morning already. Probably saw a hundred. They just went by. Okay. So I've been thinking, okay. So the ad agency taught me that they didn't really want to know the who the target was. Okay. And they didn't really want to know which positioning was most effective. They didn't want to know what was effective. They wanted to know what was dramatic and what would get awards. And they could pretty well figure that out on their own without having to worry about the results. So, hmm. so I'm trying to ask myself, and I'd like to ask Mark Ritson, and maybe I'll write to him on Twitter or something. But anyway, I'd like to ask him, okay, you know, this, this dichotomy between strategy and tactics fascinates me because in direct marketing which i think he will call a tactic he would say he would say direct mail is a tactic and i would agree with him up to a point but the trouble is is that because direct mail has 100% delivery 100% engagement by a decision maker we know we know who rejected our offer we know the target we know the discrete targets that we mail to as groups. That's the way we think of them. 
Okay, it might be individual mailing lists, but it might be geodemographic subsegments. So we can compare the results of, you know, 50 plus upper income women versus 25 to 35 low income men or whatever it is, you know. And we can refine our target over time. We can create a heuristic system which to me seems like the, the core of strategy. The strategy is to build a system that lets the market tell us what the target is. It's like a feed, you know, like when, when artillery launches lob shells 30 miles, they like to have someone up there looking to see if they hit what they, were, what they thought they hit or a drone up there flying around to see if we actually hit the target. But that doesn't happen in, in that doesn't happen in uh, in digital and in mass media. It doesn't really because there's not a really good way to see it. Yeah, sure, you can measure the people that that bought. You can say, well, all our customers are X. And if you remember, you know, Wyndham Hill Records hired me and they said our customers according to all our profiles our customers are men 35 to 55 high income high education but when we rent those lists we do lousy and there were about 14 million of those kind of people in America and I'm sure that a hundred percent of their customers weren't that because my wife liked the music a lot of women liked the music that right there we right there we cut that probably in half but, you know, on a profile basis, that was the best they had, right? So they, they sold about 4 million CDs a year, but they claimed that that, that that was their market. And what they didn't understand was that, that geodemographics are a poor substitute for preferences. I said, well, did you ever consider putting a little card in your, in your CDs saying we have a catalog? Because they did. And within... A few months, six months, I think, we generated, um, let's see, 600,000 <laughs> requests for catalog. <laughs> then now they had a bigger list they knew what to do with. And then when they mailed them, they got they got a 15% response rate or 90,000 new, new customers through the catalog. And all of a sudden, it was profitable and changed the val complete valuation of the company, and they sold out to BMG. But the point is that the market told them who the target was, which is far more effective. When marketing, def the definition of marketing, the old definition was, was uh, find a need and fill it. Okay? And that find, you know, has, has devolved into, well, let's sit around and speculate. Let's guess. And, you know, then we do something, we spend $100 million and, we get some orders. We maybe did better or maybe did worse. Then we try something else. And maybe we get complaints and so we fix something. And it's this iterative process, but it's very, very slow. And people say, well, mail is slow. <laughs> well, mail is slow, but it's definitive. You actually get the right answer. And so, and so where Mark and I split here is <clears throat> that mail, yes, if you treat mail as digital and just let's just mail some people, let's mail something without setting it up for split testing without setting it up to understand what's going on if you just use mail then it's a tactic and then it's just like a you know are we going to do tv or are we going to do radio 
Are we going to do cable or are we going to do digital? Uh, you know, that's all tactical. But if you do it well, if you do, if you take mail and elevate it to direct marketing, this is why companies like LL Bean are still around, you know, and still growing, right? They're growing because they understand how to answer key questions, how to identify, how to identify this track target. Do you agree? What the heck does that mean? Agree, Mark? What, what do we care if we all agree and we're wrong, right? I remember doing work for the blood center in Kansas City, and I said, who's your, who's your target audience? And they said, uh, upper class, basically upper class suburban women. And I said, well, why is that? They said, well, they're, they're our main donors. I, I said, you mean blood donors? Oh, no, we mean money donors. Okay, well, don't you need to worry about who gives blood? Well, true, but our board of directors is all up is all suburban women and so we only advertise in in upscale suburban magazines you know so they pre-selected the target mercy there's so many companies that do this so many companies have agreed on the target and that's who they target and 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 they don't allow for any any other markets to exist right so when we started working on, on Pet Edge, uh, they said, uh, our market is dog groomers. And so we took them at their word and we modeled it. And we found out that dog groomers were largely in upscale neighborhoods. So we marketed to there. That was in the fall. In the spring, <laughs> it flipped over on its head. It's like all their business was coming from rural, low-income, low-education neighborhoods. <laughs> I said, well, wait a minute. How is that even possible? And then I called my friend Johnny, and he had a couple dogs. I said, Johnny, did you ever get your dogs groomed? He said, no. I said, he said, what do you mean groomed? I said, well, like a doggy haircut. He said, well, yeah. So right off, I knew I was on to something. I said, well, why do you do it? He said, well, the weather's getting warmer, and the dog seems uh, to like it. And, you know, he's full of burrs. <laughs> I said, do you care what the dog looks like? He said, no. Well, we found out that there was a market that was maybe 20 times bigger. That, you know, they'd agreed that the market was dog groomers, but there was another market. And so in the midst of a recession, we grew them 20% that year, and we grew them 20% the next three years, changed their valuation. And, of course, then they decided to do it on their own. But anyway, um, I think this is the main reason. I think this is the causal factor here is that even if we agree if we don't have a, a if we don't have a system to to really know then how can we do a brief so that's what I would say to Mark Ritson I I almost never disagree with him but I think I am today the reason we don't have briefs is we don't want accountability we don't want anybody to prove us wrong and so we don't want the definitive answer. We'd rather speculate and then hide our speculation among buzzwords and, and yoga babble and et cetera. And that's why when we're done, nobody knows what we're, what we're aiming at. And if you don't know what your target is, you're never going to hit it. Have a great day.
Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart.